and an essential element for the church and for you and I is prayer. Prayer is a core component of the Christian life. Do we believe that? Without prayer, we don't talk to God. Without talking to God, we don't know what to do. Without knowing what to do, we don't know what to do. We're lost. We need to talk to God and we need to hear from God. So we've begun this year working through this. this uh, we, we all know the, um, is it that one? Uh, going through these words. We all know these probably off by heart. Most of us will probably recite it in the King James Version. We've known it that long. We use thys instead of yours, wouldn't we? Thy will be done, thy kingdom come. Jesus never spoke like that, just saying. We know that, don't we? Jesus never used these and thous. He wasn't from Yorkshire. He wasn't from Yorkshire. <laughs> thy will be done. <laughs> he spoke Aramaic or something. He, so he did, that's, that's all thanks to um, the work of King James. But anyway... Um, we know these words off by heart. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Forgiveness is at the core of every disciple of Jesus Christ. If we do not have forgiveness in our hearts against people, our praying is disabled, our relationship to God is disabled. That's what the Bible says. As we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. Um, this prayer is a, is a model. I don't believe there's a lot to be gained by just repeating this prayer day after day, week after week, month after month, like it's some kind of chant or ritual. That's not what God intended. I saw Eric this week. Keep praying for Eric. He is, um, he's struggling with his health a little bit. He's not here today because they've got a family occasion on. Um, but him and Sonia, uh, please pray for them as, uh, as they're going through a season of, of trial with their health. I spoke to Eric this week about this prayer, and he, uh, it's always great to talk to Eric. Although he's, well, he's not well in body, in spirit, he was telling me what he was going to preach about next when he's here, and it sounded awesome. Um, I said, what do you think about the Lord's Prayer? Is it a prayer for us today? He said, yes, it's a new covenant prayer, but it's about intimacy. The Lord's Prayer is about intimacy. Our Father, hallowed be your name. It's a prayer of relationship. It's not a prayer of, if I do A, B, C, I'll get X, Y, Z. You may have noticed, if you've been in a relationship for a long time, things change. God never changes, but the relationship changes. And you communicate, and you get to know each other, and you build the way that you that you understand each other. And that's how it is to be God. It's not, it's not, God isn't a lesson to be learned. God isn't a lesson to be learned. He's a person to get to know. Right? God isn't a lesson, just write that down, I just thought of that. God is not a lesson to be learned. He's a person we're to get to know. And we get to know that, know him, by uh, being with him. We've said this prayer encapsulates the heart of every disciple. And the heart of the prayer is, um, is there for me. That's the heart of the prayer. Everything points back to that. Everything points back to hallowed be your name. Everything in my life as a disciple needs to point back to that. Hallowed be your name. That's where I live as a Christian. 
That's why you live as a Christian. Because in everything I do, I want that to be the goal. Now, it ain't there yet. Because not everything I do is aimed at seeing that happen. But that was the heart of Jesus to honour his Father. And it's the heart of a disciple. It is to be the heart of a disciple. And it's the heart of our, and the centre of our prayer life. Uh, it's, what a, it's what a follower of Jesus wants. And this is why this prayer starts with making sure God gets the glory he deserves. I'm gonna, the reason for doing this is to give us a model, is to give us an outline. You know, it's good to have a foundation. There's a great story that um, Ravi Zacharias, is that his name? Great story. He was taken to a postmodern house. Have you heard this story? He was taken to a house built in a postmodern style. So like the house was built and like it had stairs that went outside the house up and into a wall, but with no door. And it had rooms that, it had doors in the, in, it went inside doors. You open the door and there's a brick wall behind it. And the idea was, it was a postmodern house where you didn't have to fit to normal conventions. Why do you have to have a room that you can walk into? Why don't you just have a room that you can't walk into? It was, it was literally built this way. And Ravi Zacharias, who's a great... You want to listen to some really interesting stuff on apologetics? Listen to him. Amazing guy. He was taken to see it. And he said, it's very interesting, but he said, let's hope the designers didn't have the same attitude towards the foundations. <laughs> because the foundation's got to be right. Yes. Yeah? And I think the, the purpose of this is to create a foundation because once you've got a foundation, you know, you can build things differently on it. And, you know, I'll, we don't always pray the same way, but it's good to have some, this is, where, this, is my, this is where I position myself and this is how I'm going to pray. So I want to give you a model. We began a few weeks ago. Our Father, His Father is now my Father. Hallelujah. I'm coming to my Father. I'm coming to my Dad's. I'm coming to that one who just gave himself, gave everything for me. That's why it's an intimate prayer. I'm not going to a magician. I'm not going to the Wizard of Oz. I'm not going to a, an overlord. I'm going to my father to pray. And my father waits in the secret place because he wants to spend time with me. He wants to mess around with me. He wants to hear what I've got to say. He wants to give me my heart's desire. We're going to our Father. Richard shared wonderfully two or three weeks ago, hallowed be your name. It's a centre. We go into his presence, enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, his courts with praise. We go, God, I'm coming here right now. Why am I spending time with you? Because I want you to be glorified in my heart, in my life, in my world. Hallowed be your name. Richard went through some of those names. We're coming to say, in everything I need right now, your name is the answer. Yeah? Everything I need. I need health. I need wisdom. I need um, finances, provision. I need direction. I need peace. I need power. It's all in his name. Hallelujah. Hey, there's good stuff, this. Last week, Jane did a great job telling us about a tale of two kingdoms. And um, the fact that when we pray, your kingdom come, she, she showed us that there is... Um, Prayer is engaging in a battle to see the kingdom of darkness push back and the kingdom of God take its place, right? She called it a tale of two kingdoms and she went through some stuff and it was brilliant, actually. And I said to Jane, she should put that in a table because we can see it represented and she's done that. 
and it's here. You might not be able to see it at the back, but she talks about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of darkness, uh, kingdom of the kingdoms have a ruler, they have a power source, they have a realm, they have citizens, they have laws and customs, they have expiry dates, yes or no. Kingdom of God doesn't, the kingdom of, of uh, darkness does. And they have operational modes. So the kingdom of God operates in love, by identity and righteousness, health and healing, new bodies in eternity, adoption, life, the kingdom of darkness, fear, shame, slavery. I think this is really good. And just to say, that's Jane's work. Right? Just say, okay, there's nothing new under the sun. I'm, never, I'm not preaching anything new. But Jane didn't lift that from a book. She put it together herself through her own work and study. And we're going to send that out to you. Because it helps us to see, you know what, if, if there's oppression going on, that is not God. Right? It's not God. God's not going to send you oppression because he wants to teach us a lesson. Because oppression is not part of his kingdom. His kingdom is peace and joy. So if you're experiencing peace and joy that's deep within, you know that's not come from the devil, it's come from God. It's simple really, isn't it? And we believe, believe, not everybody does, in Christianity, we believe sickness is part of the enemy's domain. God doesn't want to make us sick because part of the kingdom of God is healing. And when we get to heaven, we will never, ever, 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 ever be sick. And part of the prayer is your kingdom come, your kingdom come. We want that reality of your kingdom to become an increasing reality on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is happening right now. The battle between these two kingdoms is happening right now. It's happening all around us. And when we go into our workplaces, when we go into our schools, uh, when Lighthouse goes into schools, when, when, you, when you go to your office, this is happening. There's a battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a myth or a Hollywood blockbuster. This, according to the Apostle Paul, this is more real than the world we see with our eyes around us. It's more real. It's raging over your life and over mine. When Jesus answers his disciples' questions about how to pray, by putting this request, your kingdom come, in there, I believe God is saying to us, this is your issue. This is my issue. This tale of two kingdoms is your concern. It's my concern. He's saying to you and I, I'm sorry, you can't escape it, but this is part of our lives. And what the enemy tries to do is to get us so focused on, on the minuscule temporary issues of life that we forget that we are built and designed and destined in our prayer life to begin with to be engaged in this kind of thing because this is for eternity. Do we understand? Does that make sense? Now we are to engage in the kingdom coming through, through practical things. So uh, through taking on injustice, through healing the sick, through uh, coming against poverty, um, through um, feeding and clothing the poor. But we all engage in prayer. 
by praying, God, your kingdom come. And Jane told us how she uses that, and I will come to that when I finish off. Um, Jane said last week, and she's right, um, you can't really divorce these two, your kingdom come, your will be done. They're the same thing. The goal is the same. Whatever is in heaven, we want to see on earth, increasingly on earth. Okay, but uh, Jane separated them, and that's fine, because I do as well when I pray. So what I'm going to do, I'm not going to give you like a strict um, scriptural reason to do that. I'm just going to show you how I use this prayer to, to shape my praying. Because I pray your kingdom come, and then I move on to your will being done. And I'm going to try and show you how I do that to give you this model. Um, whether you want to follow it or use it, it's up to you. When we've finished everything, we'll print it out um, so you can see it. Um, the prayer, your will be done, has a little bit of a danger of becoming this kind of, I don't know, but your will be done. You know what I mean? You don't know what, I don't know, what shall I pray? I don't really know what God's doing or what God wants to do, so we'll just say, uh, your will be done. I'm not sure how I'm going to get out of this. I'm not really sure God really wants to get me out of this, so I'll pray, oh, your will be done. And I, sometimes it can be a little bit of a cop-out, so we don't really know, and sometimes you don't know what God's will is. So when you pray your will be done, it's got to be a real sincere prayer and not this kind of, I don't really know what to say or do, so I'm just going to pray your will be done. Um, generally, we know what the will of God is in many areas. Let's be clear on that. Use this table. You know, if there's lies going on, that's not God and that's not the will of God because God is a God of truth. If there's, um, if there's anxiety going on, people are wrapped by anxiety, what is the will of God? The will of God is, don't be anxious. So actually, many of us, we don't need to pray about that because we know the answer. There are some things in Scripture that we know we don't have to pray about to know the will of God because the Bible tells us what the will of God is. I was praying the other day and God told me to text all my friends and tell them that I think the pastor is an idiot. God didn't say that. God didn't say that. Because that's not how we honour pastors, is it? Because the word of God tells us that. Oh God, will you please show me whether or not I should enter into an engagement or a marriage relationship with this person that isn't a follower of you and doesn't care about you? God, will you show me? God would say, I've shown you already. It's in the Bible. Why would you want to be engaged and yoked to someone that's going to take you away for me. There's some things we know the will of God about. Uh, and we can see that all over the place. I, I did a... Um, so how do I use this phrase, your will be done? I did a search through the New Testament, through the letters, to see in a, in a church context, um, what happened when you searched for God's will? What did you find when you put the phrase, God's will? And, um, and I found a number of verses. I'm going to give you a smattering of them uh, here. Uh, we're doing your will be done, by the way. Um, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual, immor sexual immorality. That's God's will. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus. 1 Thessalonians something, <laughs> something 18. I know you want to know. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 14 to 18. Live at peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened to help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Bless you. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Semicolon. Bless you. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's a pretty good life to lead. That's God's will. 1 Peter 2, 13 to 15. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor, to the supreme, as with the supreme authority, or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and, who, and to command those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorance talk of foolish people. God's will... And I just noticed that whenever I saw God's will being spoke of, Paul or whoever it was, was talking to people. He was talking to individuals. He was talking to groups. He was saying, this is God's will for you. This is what I want for you. This is what I want you to experience. This is what I want you to know. It was a prayer. Paul's heart was the best possible existence or for God's purposes to be done in the lives of the people that Paul loved. So when I get to this section, when I'm using the Lord's Prayer as my foundation, as my model, when I get to your will be done, I begin to bless people. And I bless people with seeing the will of God being done in their lives. Because there's no greater place for you or I, there's no greater place of blessing for you or I than for me to be in the will of God. So sometimes I'll be praying for somebody, and I, and I go through a list. I have a list of people I want to see blessed. I start with my family. I bless them. And Richard encouraged us the other day uh, about their names. I pray over the names of my kids. We didn't do a lot of heart-searching prayer when we, when we named our kids, but God knew what he was doing. So I pray for Daniel, John. Daniel, God is my judge. John, God is gracious. God, let my son know the gracious judgments of you and let him become a gracious judge of your goodness to others. I pray for Joseph. Jehovah will add... Becca's getting uncomfortable because I know as I'm coming to her. <laughs> Jehovah will add, Jehovah will increase. I pray that over my son every day, prosper him. Prosper him for your kingdom. I pray it. I pray for Rebecca. How about love? Rebecca means captivating. Cat were beautiful. The, the, the Hebrew spelling, because that's how we've did it, A-H, captivating. Pray every day over Rebecca. May she be captivated by God. And may she be captivating for God to others. And I bless them. God, your will to be done. Because I know, I know the best place for my, and for Hazel, I pray for Hazel as well. Hazel means nut. And, um, <laughs> I pray that she'll be a nutter for Jesus all the days of her life. You know, I, I pray for them. I say, God, bless them. I want your will. I want my sons and my daughter to be where God wants them to be. You know, there's a verse in Peter 
where he says to the church who are undergoing persecution, if it is God's will for you to suffer, that's a scary verse. It shouldn't be in the Bible, should it? I think he's talking about persecution. There are times when we're going, we're going after God, we're going to suffer loss from the world because we're going after God. And we may never suffer the kind of things that they suffered, which was like physical death and pain. But he said, because sometimes we look and think, if I follow God, it's going to cost me this. Right? And we might think we're suffering. I believe, but I believe the safest place, the best place for any of us is in the centre of God's will, even if God calls us to Syria. No, thank you. Even if God calls us to Syria. If that's God's will for my life, it is the safest place in the world for me to be. Do you see what I mean? So you're praying over your kids. And I, want, I want my kids to be blessed. Possibly, I, want them to, I don't want them to be poor. I, don't want, you know, I want them to be blessed. But most of all, God, your will be done in the lives of my kids. And where the Holy Spirit gives me things to pray specifically, I pray them. Over, over, over Hazel, I, I pray the same thing because God's given me for her. This is what I pray. But I'm praying, God, I want your best for my kids. And then I pray for people that I know, my family and beyond. And I'm praying. Sometimes I'm just praying, bless them, bless them. People come to my mind, just bless them, God. Bless them with your best. Give them all the good things you've got for them. Sometimes I know there's things going on. If there's problems in a marriage or there's financial problems, I'm praying with knowledge. God, your will in that life. Bring healing, bring restoration, bring provision. Sometimes, and this is important, that we're not just rigid in a model, you're listening. God, what are you saying? And you hear the Holy Spirit give you something about Mark. So you pray it. Hallelujah. This is what God's given me right now. But I'm praying for people. Your will be done. Your will be done. And in that, I pray for myself. God, I, and what am I saying? Mark opened with it this morning. Jesus bent before the Father. If possible, take this cup for me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. What was that? Is an act of surrender. I'm yours. I'm yours. And when I pray this, it's where I first bring myself into the prayer. And I say, God, not my will. Your will. I bow down before you. It's not about me. What do you want to do with my life? Show me where I'm not, I'm not living the way you want me to live. And then I pray over Living Grace Church. Your will be done. I want to see your will being done. I want to see us in the building you want us to be in. I want to see us in the venue you want us to be in. We want to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We want to see salvation, healing. Your will. We're just praying the best. You're praying the best to people. Do you, do you, are you following what I'm saying? I've jumped miles ahead. It's a prayer of a disciple. It's a prayer of a disciple. Your will be done. Paul um, encourages, didn't he? In humility, consider other people better than yourselves. So, you, you know, before I get to the second half, which we'll do after Easter, which is about my needs, I'm see, I want to see others blessed. I want to see others blessed. I'm putting them first. And it's a prayer of surrender. As we said, Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. Amen. Oh, Marin. Bless you. And bless Hannah. In Jesus' name. Amen. So...
we've kind of looked at the first half of this prayer over the last month or so. And my goal, my goal is twofold. My goal is for us to see discipleship. You can embed a discipleship lifestyle in the heart of your praying. I'm not a great disciple. You can say, I'm not a great disciple. I don't, I'm not all out for Jesus like I should be. What do I do? Begin with praying. Pray like a disciple. A disciple wants God first. So we look at the first half of this uh, prayer. Okay, um, this is not, no, where, where am I in this? I don't even come into it until I get to around about here. But then it's down here, what's first? God is what you want. I want what you want. I don't want what I want, I want what you want. And we embed a discipleship attitude into our praying, into our, the very core of our Christian life as we begin to pray like a disciple. This is why we don't, I don't call it the Lord's Prayer, you know, because it's, it's a prayer a disciple said, how do we pray? This is how we, this is how we should pray. So I, let me just finish this first section by being really practical. I'm going to show you how I use this, okay? Um, and I say, it's not, it's, you don't have to do this. Uh, you, might, you might have heard this. I know Richard and Jane covered this uh, in Bible college in the 1800s. And, um, <laughs> and they might have a slightly different way of doing this. This is how I do it. But for me, this is the point of what Jesus gave us. As long as we're praying what he asks us to pray, and he's given us a foundation to build on, and for me, it's helped me to embed a discipleship heart into the core of what I do. So rather than, it's good to come before God and just be quiet with him and let him speak to you. And, and I think that's an important part of prayer, and we'll come to that later in the year. But I, I say, you kind of build a foundation, and you build off it. And then from there, you can just begin to let the Holy Spirit interact with you. And that's what I try, uh, I try and, uh, and do. Um, our Father, I begin with worship. Never, never come into God's presence devoid of worship. Never. I'm not telling you. I'm, I'm saying, I'm, in, I'm suggesting this. But my need is so big. My need is so great. Come with worship. Come because he's always worthy. And we build, we build a place where he's exalted and he's, and he's glorified. You know, in any, again, just to reiterate, sometimes I come to prayer and there's such a great need on a situation. You know, I remember praying for Jane uh, last year. You know, we got this format here and I tried to begin with worship. But it wasn't long before I was on Jane, praying over her. Because sometimes your format goes out the window. Sometimes you're so excited about something, or you're so, so. That's like a real relationship, isn't it? You know, a marriage. You do things a certain way, but sometimes there's a certain situation. I've got to address this right here, right now. Okay, is that what you two were doing when you were whispering just then? Yeah. <laughs> I've got to address this right here, right now. Anyway, thank you, Father, for Jesus. Through the cross, He's made me your son. Thank you that in your name is everything I need today. Everything I need is in your name. Hallowed be your name. You are and will always be worthy of all my praise. And that comes the same as forgiveness. Sometimes we won't feel like praising. That's not the point. The point is he is worthy of praise. Amen. He always is. So we always come with praise. And in that, sometimes, you know, some of you put your worship music on and you dance around your kitchens. You've told me that before. 
whatever. And I, and, I, and I generally would say, if you pray for 25 minutes and this takes 15, that's a good prayer time. Because things get done in worship that don't need words. Remember, God already knows what we're going to ask. So when we're lifting up Jesus, praising him, and he doesn't have to be like we do it here. It can, it can be with a CD, it can be with words, with a poem, I don't mind. But we begin, and that's how I try to begin every time I pray. No matter what is pressing on my heart, or my mind, or my spirit. Sometimes I'm, I'm down about a situation, I'm going to praise him. Because he's worthy of praise. Amen? Your kingdom come. The extension of his rule and reign through me. I give myself to see your kingdom grow. Jane mentioned Richard last week, and he's back. We declare healing over Richard. Because where there is sickness, that's the enemy's kingdom. And we're standing to see God's kingdom come. Yes, I know, you've got que- I've got questions about that. Because I've seen things not work out in my own family going back many years where we prayed and prayed and believed and believed. It, I know I've got questions, but this is what we believe. His kingdom come means we're believing for sickness to leave and health to come. That's what we go after. If God's got another idea, let him tell us. If we should be praying a different way, if there's an issue around forgiveness, if there's an issue around historical stuff, okay, we'll hear that from God. But we begin by praying. We believe sickness is bad, healing is good, God is good, we go for healing. Amen? Amen. Am I being controversial? Thank you. Being really good to be part of the rock conversation and just that we've been doing and realising the needs in our town. Our town has so many needs. So we can give ourselves to joining the moaning minis. Oh, our town with this awful place. Absolutely terrible. You know, oh, these should get lost. We bless our town in Jesus' name. Your kingdom come. Destroy the gangs. We pray against those gangs that are bringing drugs and knives into our, into our county giving them to kids, saying, if you pass these drugs on for me, you can have this mobile phone. They're doing it. It's happening right now across our town. Is that God or is that darkness? So we come against it in Jesus' name. And we pray against it. And I, th- I think God wants to give us in prayer a bigger attitude, a bigger mindset than ourselves. Um, to see salvation come to my brother's. To break the cycle of poverty over my family. You're praying these things because that's the kingdom of darkness. We're looking for the kingdom of God to come. Because we want him to be glorified. Remember, it all points back to that. All points back to that. And then I come to... Um, and I'm not going to give you times because, you know, I do this for a living, if you like. I'm a professional prayer. I don't, I'm, I'm not. I... I it's, 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 part of my, it's part of what I do, and I might, I might spend an hour or two hours right, praying. But, you know, that's, that's what I do. God bless Jim. He used to spend four, five, six hours in a day praying for, God, praying for revival, praying for me. He prayed for me. Very smart, prayer warriors. Yeah? This might only be taking 20, 20 minutes for you. Okay? But the point is, a disciple is always aiming for this. 
That's why we pray. Be glorified. Your kingdom come. And I come to your will be done. God's best in my life and the lives of those I love. For some reason, I've used fictional names in this part. I, I don't really know why. But anyway, I lay my life down completely for you. Bless my children with the fulfillment of their names. Give Graham. He's Graham. <laughs> I don't know why I did that, really. Um, Somebody I know, somebody needs wisdom and direction. Yeah? I pray for them. God, give them what they need. Bless them with your will. Somebody needs peace because they're going through a trial. And I don't want them to be tempted to go away from God. So you bless them. God, just bless them. They're on my heart this morning. Bless them. Let your abundant blessing rest on. I love seeing people blessed with prosperity. I love that. It's something that God has done in me. I used, to, I used to get, if somebody got stuff like a nice car or a big holiday, I used to, oh man, why have I got that? I'd like a nice big holiday too. I'd like a nice car. I know, I've actually got, I've got both coming up. Anyway, uh, but I used to, it's not fair, but now I love it when I hear people being blessed, getting a nice house or a, a good holiday. We want people to be blessed. I know money's, not, you know money's not everything, is it? But we want to see blessing. So I'm praying for people. I also bring into that, I begin to bless. Your will be done in the church. Your will be done in Lighthouse, in the worship team, in Cogs. Your will be done. Father, your best, your best, your best. So I, what I'll do when we finish this, I'm, I'm, we're going to create a crib sheet for you to have. And I say, you can, you can use it like this, you can ignore it. But the important thing I'd love to see you get in your heart, God, help me to pray like a disciple. I'm going to put my needs aside to begin, by beginning to make this the centre of my life. Hallowed be your name. Treasured be your name. Valued be your name. This is what this word means. Honoured be your name. Revered be your name. That my life becomes that. Just to finish off and be clear. Prayer for your needs are very valid. God is important about it. God is really concerned about our needs. He's really concerned about our needs. We'll come to that later. And, I, and, and we don't pray like machines. Remember, this is about mostly about in, centre about intimacy. There are times when this changes, times I don't follow this at all, times I only pray one thing. Whether it's a personal need or a desire for someone else. Like any relationship, it's fluid and has a need of the moment. But like in any relationship, if you don't intentionally plan to develop that relationship, it goes stale. Doesn't it? Again, anybody who's been in a long-term marriage or relationship, if you don't plan to make the relationship work, if you, don't, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah? And I think you begin by building a foundation of prayer and you can use this and you can deviate off it. But I, I, I would recommend you create your closet. You create your secret place. And if you can do it every day, whether it's morning or night, whether it's at lunchtime, at work, 
I'm going into the Father's presence. I'm coming into the presence with worship. I'm going to spend time there and I begin to pray like a disciple. I'm going to begin to pray like a disciple. Hallelujah. We won't get anywhere without prayer. I believe. We won't. And I think we need to learn to pray individually. We also need to learn to pray corporately. We need to do that. Because there's another dynamic in play when you pray together. Where two or three are gathered, there am I. That's a promise. Where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst. Now, does that mean if I'm on my own, God's not there? Of course it doesn't. But I think what, what we've been taught is that there's another dynamic where people come together with the same heart and they're hearing and receiving and giving in that context. Every other Monday, we're meeting together to pray. Every other Friday, meeting together to pray. And I just don't want to pray words. We want to hear from God, don't we? But for you and I, we begin, I'm going to pray like a disciple. And my prayer is, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. That's more important than me. More important than anything else. Amen? Let's bow our heads. This is very practical. In many ways, I believe it's, it's teaching but it's practical and, and just to reiterate, you know, you don't have to do this. But our vision is to make encountering and demonstrating the love of God the adventure of a lifetime. And that places God at the very heart of our lives. That's the point. There should be that anyway, but it places God at the very core, which says decisions I make, processes I go through, it's got God right in the middle. And our prayer life can become the central part of that. So whether you take up the model that I've shared or not, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit now to come and put a new conviction in our hearts that we will begin to pray like disciples. To get rid of this notion, I, I just kind of pray the things I want and then I, I get them sometimes and other times I don't and... When I don't, I'm really disappointed. When I'm due, I, I, that's part of it, I know. But it's more than that. It's about developing a relationship with the Father where we surrender to him. And our goal in life becomes, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. So God, I bless every person here this morning. God, life will never be at its full potential of richness and joy until we are followers of you 100%. And I pray that you give us the courage. I know life is so, so busy. There's so much good stuff to be, to be engaged with. There's so many challenging things to take our mind and our time. But Jesus, I get the impression that you are the busiest you were busy all the time, it seemed. And yet you made time for your Father. I know we're not where you were. God, help us to make this a principle going forward that we will make time for you. 
that we will get in our secret place of intimacy with you, Father. That we will begin to embed in our prayer life this central theme, hallowed be your name. That we will begin to honour you and glorify you. That, Father, we would be like disciples that want what you want. That want your kingdom to come and your will being done in Northampton, in our town, in our church, in my family and in my life. So God, I pray for grace to flow on the back of this, to begin where the altar is broken down in people's lives. God, free from condemnation, we begin again to rebuild the place of intimacy with you. And I know, God, that we do, that we do that, you are going to begin to move in our lives in amazing ways. So we say again this morning, we love you, we bless you, we worship you. Be glorified in our lives, I pray, as we pray and live like disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.